Well, check this out, ladies and gentlemen, live from the Chupacabra Tap Room in Mesa, Arizona. This is John Voida coming to you after a 99-90 to 90 victory for your Phoenix Suns in Game 1 of the Western Conference first round. And I'm not alone. I'm joined by the Solar Jam Session. We've got all my buddies along live with us. Let's, let's expand it. Welcome aboard, everybody. Hopefully. Let's see. Look, there's Espo, ladies and gentlemen, and Matthew Paul Lissy, and Saul Buckman, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you ever so much for joining us, whether you are leaving the game after a, a super exciting victory or if you're joining us all throughout the world. Suns fans, we're up 1-0. What do you guys think, buddy? Let's, should, should, should we be popping beers? We got to pop a beer. Cheers, everybody. All over my computer. <laughs> Hello and welcome everybody into the Solar Jam Session. I'm your host Greg Esposito and whether you are listening to us on the podcast, watching us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, VHS Recorder, I don't care where you're watching us live, we are happy to have you, the Jamsters and Flaming Ballers with us. I am Greg Esposito, as I said, and joining me, as always now for post-game shows, it is Darth Voida. John, how are you, my friend? Beat L.A., baby. Beat L.A. And Matthew Lissy. Matt, how are you, man? Good. Still a dream come true. I can't believe this is happening. Uh, glad to be here. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on. And the Carmel Thunder from down under, it is Saul Bookman. Saul, how are you, sir? Good. I am fantastic today. I'm so excited to get this thing rolling. What a freaking game. Here we go, baby. Let's go. So the Suns pull off the game one victory, 99-90 over the Los Angeles Lakers. Lots to talk about, but I think where we're going to start is the Chris Paul injury. I think that's where we have to start. I couldn't have been alone. We're sitting here at the Chupacabra, Chupacabra Tap Room in Mesa. Easy enough for me to say. And I know we all had about the same feeling. The basketball gods were punishing us for something. When Chris Paul went down with the shoulder injury, what was your initial feeling? John, why don't we start with you? I'll tell you, it's almost unfair. You know, you think back to the 93 series and, and those Phoenix Suns and leading into that playoff run that ultimately put the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals against the Chicago Bulls, Kevin Johnson was hurt a lot. And, it was, you know, now then, then you go to the seven seconds or less era, and it was always Steve Nash with a broken nose or Steve Nash getting thrown against the boards. So it wasn't a foreign feeling for us Suns fans, but, you know, it was kind of like, oh, shit, this again. One, playoffs where you're feeling the stress of every possession and every moment. But two, another point guard who is potentially injured. And I think I can safely say, and I'm sure everyone else here will agree, uh, CP didn't look right this game, guys. It, you're 100% right. It reminded me a lot of Steve Nash. I mean, we always 
we always saw that in in a lot of these series where he would get hurt, and that was just kind of the initial reaction. Just that, oh great, here we go again. But you're right, didn't look right. Looked like he was playing a little bit with the stranger. If you're a Gone in 60 Seconds fan, you get the reference. But his hand looked almost as if it was numb, impacting his dribbling and his shooting. So, what was your initial reaction to CP3? Oh, it's just devastating. You know, I almost wanted to throw up. You know, I think we all kind of did. And I, the, the greatest thing about this is that even though CP3 didn't really produce too much in the game, his presence was enough to carry the Suns just that extra little edge. The fear factor of Chris Paul's reputation really did the job tonight. Uh, and then, I mean, let's be honest, Devin Booker, we've all been waiting for it. We've all been waiting for it. We wanted to see Devin Booker in the playoffs. Oh, my God, I cannot believe how poised, how controlled, and how well he paced the Suns tonight. That's my biggest takeaway, and we'll get to the end in a little while because I know my boy John Boyd has got a little eight watch going on. Let, let's hop over to Lissy. Lissy, what did you think? Uh, what were your initial reactions with CP3? Then we'll we'll get into the Booker stuff. And it was tough to watch. Honestly, it's like let's get it over with. Let's get that injury over with because all season long, I was talking to John. The bright side's done such a good job of not mentioning the injuries and how the Suns have not had any COVID. Yes, a few times, but no injuries. But then it happens first game, first quarter, and then you want Devin Booker to step up, and he exactly did that because we needed him to step up. Until Chris Paul got back. Chris Paul was a factor a little bit just from being on the court, but he was slingshotting the ball, trying to get it up there, and he made a few shots that were big, but you knew he was injured. You know, he wasn't 100%. But it's like, let's get it over with, right? Let's get this one injury that might impact the Suns' playoff run and get it over with and see what happens after that. Right now, the Suns needed to win this game. They did exactly what had to be done. And they got it. They exactly did what needed to be done. I couldn't be any prouder. I got to say, you know, when you take a look at the fact that Devin Booker did what he did, and we're going to get into Devin Booker. I mean, his numbers were fantastic in this game. He, he stepped up. He's going to need to continue to step up as we move forward in this series, which has proven to be physical. But there's one guy who is really physical, and I can officially say we no longer need to have any of that bullshit cat talk. Am I right? Watch 2021. Yeah, buddy. DeAndre Ayton showed up and showed out this evening against those nasty Los Angeles Lakers. 21 points for the big fella. Eight offensive rebounds, eight defensive rebounds for a total of 16 rebounds for DA. And he he got that third foul with about four minutes left in the second quarter. Okay. The Suns actually went... They had a negative one in his uh, while he was sitting on the bench for the re remainder of the second quarter. And I think that was one of the most important stretches of this game. DA was having his way kind of on the inside, the outside. It's something I almost feel like the Lakers didn't necessarily maybe game plan for, for him to have such a positive impact. But when he went out with that third foul, it was very important to me to see how the Suns would respond. Seeing as CP3's playing you know, injured, seeing as... Uh, you know, Devin Booker is primarily the only spot of offense for this team. When D.A. went out, the Suns went negative one in, in that stretch, went into, the, into halftime with a lead. It was super important. And then what's interesting is he finished with only three fouls. So, D.A., you know what? You're playing good. Throw a couple more fouls in there. Am I right, guys? Well, and and look, he but he got three, and then he found a way to not put himself in foul trouble where he could still have an impact in the fourth. 
Uh, he disappeared a little bit in that third quarter, but he came through in the fourth, had a major impact. That first half was DeAndre Ayton's half. He played unbelievable, and, and without him, they don't build that lead that they were able to hold in that second half. So what do you think of D.A.? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, T.A., again, as, as Devin Booker paced the Suns on offense, T.A. did it on the offensive and defensive boards. I just thought, I mean, nobody thought that A.D. would get outscored by DeAndre, right? And DeAndre had about four times more rebounds than A.D. did. So, all in all, if you would have put that on paper before the game, I think we all would have said, yeah, the Suns are going to win this game, right? Right, so, but the, but the most important thing is, is that D.A. didn't even play a perfect game. He had a couple of little errors. He caught the ball down too low several times. Got in foul trouble earlier on the game. But he was able to stick through it. And he was able to pace the Suns on the defensive boards. And really, uh, I mean, I, I can't. I can't say enough about him and Devin Booker and even Mikhail Bridges. It, it, the moment didn't look too big for them. And I think that's what we were all concerned about. We were you know, wondering, is the moment going to be too big? And, man, they came through. Even Cam Johnson, just tremendous. Yeah, I mean, you you look at it with DeAndre Ayton, and there was a there was a spot there that was just a microcosm of the season. He gets a dunk, loses the ball. Gets a dunk, and in in a in a two minute span, we praise him, we curse him, we praise him, all right there. And that to me was was just like okay, we're living we're living the DeAndre Aiden experience. And Matthew, you're kind of the uh, the DA whisperer. You watch a lot of his body language. What do you see from DA in this game? What the Lakers are doing was like, let's see what we have with you. Let's see what exactly what you can do. And what he was doing was guiding the ball in around the rim. So whether or not it was a Suns miss or just a great pass by the Suns point guards to him in the paint area, he was guiding the ball in. So I don't think the Lakers really knew how to put up with his team, obviously. The Lakers don't even know what to do with their own team offensively. You saw that tonight. So what was nice is D.A. did step up. And even the last podcast we had, I said I can trust him the most to really step up and do the best he can at his game. He did exactly what he had done. And these kind of games where, you know, it's 10 minutes, it's, it's 10 minutes left in the game. The Suns are up by 10 or 9. You have to have those runs and those big plays made by the Suns to finish out the game. He helped with that, him and Booker. They stepped up big time into the challenge of the Lakers. Even the Lakers, you know, LeBron likes to have his field game, right? He likes to have his first game where he likes to feel out the game. AD might think that he's that guy to feel it out too. So maybe that's why he had, that's why GA had more points. But I don't think they can feel out as much as they can. GA and the Suns were ready to go because this team had the chemistry and the pace and everything to go into the game. Of course, the injury threw everything off, but they stepped up in a big way. And GA was a leader of that, I actually think. Our friends over at StatMuse had an interesting stat. DA with eight offensive rebounds. Anthony Davis, seven rebounds overall. So that that tells you a lot of the impact that DeAndre Ayton had in this game. But let's shift gears. Let's talk about the impact that Devin Booker had. Uh, all right, he finishes with 34 points. Uh, he had eight, re eight, eight assists, seven rebounds. It's crazy to me. That he uh, that he was able to have such a such a big game, but it was almost quiet. It was almost quiet, as if he wound up uh, just playing this fantastic game, taking over, played the best of of the superstars in this game. But it didn't feel like 
this was some huge Devin Booker game. He just controlled the pace, willed things his way, and he turned out with almost a triple-double in his first playoff game. But isn't that the story of a good Devin Booker game? You know, when Devin Booker is on, it's not a lot of missed shots. It's not a lot of wasted possessions. You know, again, he ends with a total of 34 points on 26 shots. So not the best efficient night from Devin Booker, but smooth. You know, he wasn't taking a ton of threes. Okay, three for seven. Maybe he did take more threes than I, than I remember here at the bar with a couple of these broskies. Um, but, he, you know, when Devin Booker is on his game, it is smooth. It is, you know, it, it's just consistent scoring. You know, there was at one point where Devin Booker scored 14 of the Suns' last 16 points. And that was kind of shocking when I saw that because I remember he got he hit a three to begin the second half uh, to go up to 20 points, and all of a sudden he had 34. So I was like, hold on. I mean, he is the primary uh, uh, scoring you know, threat for the Phoenix Suns, and it didn't really feel like it because there's enough ball movement with the team. And, and again, the way that Devin Booker plays when he's on, when he's efficient, is smooth, is easy. Uh, it, it, he, smooth baller of the week? I don't know. We'll see. We got a whole week, right? <laughs> I, I did. I'll, I'll take it back. You, uh, it wasn't completely quiet. The dunk that he had was quite yes. loud. It was quite a statement dunk. And so that was brought up in the chat. And you're 100% right. That was quite the statement dunk from Devin Booker. And it was needed. Question. It was needed because after CP3 went down, you could tell, you know, I wasn't at the arena, but I'm inside of a bar and everybody else, you know, we all just kind of look at each other like, oh, fuck, here we go again. Uh, and, and like every, everything was deflated. And it was the same thing, I'm sure, in that arena that was rocking. I mean, the Suns were up by 9, 10, 11 points at that time, although that was kind of consistent throughout the entire game. But when Devin Booker made that dunk, it kind of was like, hey, Phoenix, rally the valley. Everybody rise, Phoenix. We are orange. All the shitty hashtag lines that we've been dealing with for all these years. You know, that's what that book kind of uh, personified for Devin Booker. <laughs> I was like... Dude, what are you just pulling it back all the, the, the archives from 2017 and all, right? Oh, Dude, I did a tweet this morning that went all the way back to like 2011 relative to Suns hashtag lines. Rise Phoenix, all of them. Oh, we've been through a lot. Hashtag Suns at 50. Hey, there was one that almost happened in uh, 2012. That was uh, <laughs> that was flame on. If they had gotten into the playoffs, it would have been flame on. They had all the merchandise. Luckily, Thank God we didn't make the, the playoffs out. that year. Yeah, probably a good thing. No, the, the other thing I want to say about, about this team, it's just the fact that they were able to overcome adversity. They had a, quite a bit of adversity tonight in many different ways. And the Lakers, now we got to be careful with this, right? The Lakers didn't play like the Lakers tonight. And LeBron didn't play like LeBron. AD didn't play like AD. The Suns defensively had a large part to do with them. I'm not taking that away from them. But there was a lot of wide-open missed shots that the Lakers were missing and some bunnies that the, the Lakers were missing as well, especially from LeBron and AD, that I don't think you're going to see in Game 2. So the Suns, as good as we feel right now, it should, it should boost their confidence quite a bit. But they have to understand Game 1's over with. we got to recalibrate because we're going to get a completely different Lakers team in Game 2. But all you needed to do was split home games, right? I think because you, if you get into that three-game series with two at home, I think you're in a good you're you're in a good spot. If they had dropped game one, all the pressures on game two for the Suns to win. They get game one, they can play a little easier, a little looser in game two. Even if LeBron and AD have better games, I think it puts them in a better position. I do want to bring up one thing. When we were together after the Lakers uh, game against the Warriors, 
I think only one person predicted a game one win, and it's the guy that's talking right now. The rest of you uh, were, were looking at yeah. me a little funny when I said game one. Well, that's not true. I wasn't invited in the podcast. But actually, I, I, I actually thought the Suns would win the first three, if you guys want my prediction now. The Suns will win the first three and then lose two and then win game six. I'm not like Dave where I'm going to go game eight where we'll play eight games in the series, which would be nice. It would be good for Adam Silver and the Lakers fans out there. But honestly, think for Booker, when I was looking at him pregame and him, Chris Ball, I looked at uh, – John, I was like, they look nervous. And they did. You know, we looked nervous. We couldn't sit down for the first half. But Booker, exactly what he needed to look like in the third. Look, he had that look on his face like, I belong to him. He settled in that little bridge between the season and the postseason. Now he's here. This is this is the book we needed. This is the team we needed. Because as long as Booker looks confident, this team will be off of it. And it looks great. Does my audio sound good? My audio sound good? Well, and you know, you were right. Before the game began, we were wondering what we were going to get from Devin Booker. And it's very exciting to see him perform in the capacity that he did tonight in his first playoff appearance ever. Note this, Suns fans. The last time the Suns scored any playoff points whatsoever, May 29th, 2010, Steve Nash hit a three. That was the last time we had any points scored in a playoff game. The first three points of this game were a Devin Booker corner three. Now, granted, it was his third shot. It was the Suns' fourth shot overall. And you could see a little bit of those jitters kind of start with the with the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker. But once he got in the groove of the game, and, and, and here's one thing we haven't talked about. His ability to navigate double teams in this game was really professional. He has definitely watched the tape. He has definitely, you know, because that's something that we've talked about numerous times on the pod is how is he going to have the ability to – you know, when, when the, the Lakers throw their sides and their length at them, if it's in uh, double teams or triple teams, how is he going to navigate that? And he did a stellar job with that tonight, gentlemen. And real quick, by the way, how am I the only one who didn't wear a fucking Valley hat? God, you had to, you had to, you had to self-brand yourself here. Right. We also, before we get to the next topic, um, because of Matt's audio issues, people are requesting a smoke break. So, you know what? Uh, hey. The Sarge smoke break. How about that block by Dario Sarge? I got to say, okay, this is the first time I've been to a bar to watch a Suns playoff game in 11 years. The loudest moment tonight or today was Dario Sarge's block. Am I wrong? Well, maybe the maybe the Booker dunk, maybe, but the the Sarge the Sarge block was huge, but Man, that guy is vastly inconsistent. That was a roller coaster ride within a roller coaster ride. Dario's play, uh, you know, he starts out great, doesn't play well, has the block. Like it was all over the place in a game that that we felt our emotions all over the place. Uh, but you know, when we're talking about a smoke break, I feel like after what the refs did to Suns in the first half, they deserve the smoke because they did get screwed. No, zero fouls for the Suns in the first half. The Lakers, uh, the Lakers got to the line seven, 17 times. The Lakers did not get called for a foul against the Suns. That seems insane to me. The market corrected, uh, which was a term that that you used, Voida, but the market corrected in that third quarter. But uh, but man, that first half, that's something that's concerning. Is that if that happens in a game where AD and LeBron are are playing like themselves, that's problematic. No, without a doubt. And you look at the, it was almost, you know, the reason I use the term market corrected is because in the the, the third quarter, 
the Suns outshot the Lakers from the free throw line 10 to 4. 10 4. Copy that over. You know, and so I was really interested to see how it was going to go in that fourth quarter. And the Suns ended up shooting. Uh, I don't even have the numbers in front of me, but I know that, let's see, free throw lines. I can do math real quick. The Suns had two free throws in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Lakers had eight. So it was eight to two. And that's where the, the game really slowed down. Uh, you know, when, when LeBron James nearly died, uh, I'm rest in peace, LeBron, you know, because he, you know, on that play where I'm not going to lie, CP3 undercut him a little bit. But he still, you know, when LeBron went down, I think that he was just kind of jealous that CP3 was getting all the media attention relative to like hurt shoulders or collarbones or something. But then you had this, the, the Cameron Payne kind of, he, he, he body checked Caruso. Caruso snatched the ball from him. Campaign threw the ball at him. Montrez Harold comes flying in like a missile from like the free throw line across the court. You know, I mean, it was just a, there was a nice little ruckus there. But then there was like more free throws for the Lakers. I'm like, okay, this is the eight minute. Here's uh, five free throws for the Los Angeles Lakers mark, which is pretty standard operating procedure for the Lakers. But the Suns still won by nine. So I'm like, I, I, I'm thankful we don't have to sit here on a podcast and talk about the refs uh, in a negative light as much as we normally would if we would have lost. Look, I would give, I, I would give campaign the, uh, the smooth baller of the week uh, for what he did to Caruso, except that Caruso's a manscaped spokesperson. So I'm not going to do that. But let's not lie. A lot of us would uh, throw a ball at uh, Alex Caruso if we got the opportunity. So I do not blame Campaign for what he did. And the fact that he got thrown out and Montrez Harrell did not for actually the physical portion of the altercation is insane to me. But I, this is what you're going to have to overcome if you're the Suns. You're going to have to overcome the refs. Absolutely. And guess what, guys? Special live from the arena. We got one. Mr. Dave King, what is going on? Dave King! Hey, hey the Silver Fox! Dave, how was it in the arena tonight? What was the ratio oh of Suns fans to Lakers fans? Tell us what you it was saw. At le- it was 90 to 1. It, uh, 9 to 1. It was 9 to 1. It was so great. I'm so proud of the Suns fans keeping their tickets, not selling to the highest bidder. I was a little worried when I first showed up at the arena an hour, hour and a half early. That was just the ones who came in from out of town. They had nothing better to do. Suns fans are still finishing brunch. And they came in, and, and by the time, even in warm-ups, in pregame warm-ups, campaign got everybody going, and they had Chris Paul finish a finish an alley-oop dunk in warm-ups, and the crowd went nuts. And then just then just started chanting, beat L.A., beat L.A., drowning out the PA music. I mean, you guys know how loud that music is in this stadium. You couldn't hear it. The fans were so loud. Yeah, and Dave, can you hear me? Does my audio sound okay? No, I got you. You're good. All right, thank you very much, beautiful. So I was actually saying, because I went to Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday, and my waiter is a Lakers fan. He bought his tickets, $1,000. He's like, I'm going to the game. So what is better than having Lakers fans at the game and spending $1,000 to get their ass whooped? Is that make you feel a little bit better it was great man they had nothing to cheer for the entire game the lakers weren't even playing with any any fire at all it was just it was just beautiful the suns just came out and took it to them every single chance they had the refs tried to make it a tight game in the second half as you guys know uh but man that's that was just so fun because the suns fold once just we've seen on this team since they started in the bubble a year ago all the way, all the way through this season, they showed this exact play, and guess what? Surprising everybody, they didn't just suddenly 
uh, turned into a pumpkin when the playoffs started. Devin Booker set a franchise record for uh, points in a, in a playoff debut with 34. DeAndre Ayton with 21 and 16. Good Lord, this team is good. Chris Paul was hobbling that entire game. He couldn't even feel his arm, and he had to be a point guard, and they still took it to the Lakers. So incredible. So fun. Dave, did you get any update post-game in the media uh, sessions about no. what happened exactly with Chris Paul and what the diagnosis was? No, it's too is? early. Monty always does that. Yeah, I'll find out later, and we'll let you guys know. Uh, but he did say Chris saw him in the in the hallway, and they and he gave him the thumbs thumbs up for being ready. So, you know what? We're used to this, right? Steve Nash couldn't see. Uh, okay, he got he got his nose broken. <laughs> he couldn't see anything. I mean, he played a whole quarter against the Spurs with with one eye. I mean, no, we're used to this. The 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 venerable point guard coming in, getting hurt. And then uh, the Suns trying to win anyway. And in this case, it's like it's, it feels like 2010 to me. That's what it feels like. It feels like they know how to overcome. On that note, what was it like in the arena when CP3 was down? And how long did it take for the the, the energy oh, to get back up? It took until the, they scored a few more times, uh, uh, thanks to Devin Booker. I tell you what, man, they, the, the, the crowd got quiet. It was like a morgue in here for about five minutes. Nobody, even when the sun started playing again, it was still felt like a morgue until, until I think it was Booker who scored a couple of times and just the crowd got nuts again. And then CP came out like, like a, you know, like a, a fighter, a prize fighter comes back out and, and the crowd went wild. It, it felt like that Devin Booker dunk was the was the turning point for the crowd yeah. that really re-energized him. Was that was that the case uh, in the building? Yeah, I was trying to remember exactly what play it was that re-energized him. But Booker made sure that the Suns did not fold when all the energy sapped out of the building. Uh, man, uh, uh, sapped out of the team even for a few minutes. And Booker's like, "No, that's not happening. We're going. This is this is what's going on." He was so great. I wrote in my preview today that he needed to be the 2020 Booker, not the 2021 Booker. We needed the Dame Lillard version, not the C.J. McCollum version. And today we got that. He had eight assists, seven rebounds, 34 points, an incredible game from Devin Booker. I feel like Mark Jackson right there. Anyway, I talk a little faster than him. No, you're good, Dave. Right. Uh, we, we don't want to keep you at the arena for, for all day, right? So uh, what are your thoughts? What are your expectations as the Suns get ready for game two? Yeah, so the Suns in game two, man, They obviously the Lakers are going to make some adjustments. But I swear to God, guys, this feels like 2010 when, they, when the Suns played the Spurs. Right now it does. We don't know. Things could change. But the Spurs tried to make adjustments all the way through that uh, series against the Suns, and they couldn't either. Nothing worked. And I don't think anything's going to work against this team. LeBron didn't take a ton of shots today. He'll take more in the next game. AD played passive today. He'll take more in the next game. But you know what? The rest of that team is still the rest of that team. And they might win one or two games, but I really, really, after this game, reminded me how good this team is when they're locked in. I know this team's got this series. Dave, uh, do you still have them winning five games in this series? <laughs> <laughs> if you give them seven, they'll win five of them. How about All that? All right. That is Dave King joining us live from Phoenix Suns Arena, having watched the game. Dave, thank you. We'll Thanks, talk guys. to you again on Tuesday. Always good to get a little perspective from in the building. Glad to have Dave join us on the show. Guys, uh, I guess we can transition a little into game two since we asked Dave there at the end of it. What what are we feeling like is key 
You have the momentum after game one. You do everything that you felt you had to to get a win in game one. Is it that you basically have to repeat uh, the script again? Or what do you feel you have to do? Saul, why don't we start with you? Well, I think first and foremost, rebounding. Uh, I think despite the fact that DA was good on the boards, I still think as a team they could have done a little bit better of a job rebounding. Andre Drummond, especially in the third quarter, started to get his way a little bit. Uh, and you want to stop that from happening. Uh, Montrose Harold, same thing, had his way a little bit there. Um, and honestly, like as good as DA played, I think he could play even better. Honestly, I, I think he, he was on pace. For 48 points in the first quarter, <laughs> I know it sounds funny to say, but I there's nothing outside of this realm that I, I, I that makes me believe that he couldn't drop 30 on this team and get 15 rebounds. It just it's there. It's there for him to take if he wants it. So. And, and but you need him to play when he plays on AD. Play the way he did defensively. Big part of why AD was shut down today was because of DeAndre Ayton's defense against him in his Absolutely. minutes. That's, that's my biggest takeaway is that. Despite how good the Suns played, they didn't play phenomenal. They weren't lights out everywhere. They just played a good game. They played Suns basketball. It's been a long time since we could say they played Suns basketball and be proud of it. And they have done that all season long, and this was no different. I expect that to fully continue. You're going to get your best shot from AD and LeBron in game two. You know that. Be ready for it. Be ready for the moment. Yeah, I mean, they did. Defense was was unbelievable in this game, which had been a hallmark of them all year. Uh, Matthew, what do you think about game two? What's the, what's the key here? So Saric had three fouls. I want him to get to five. I want him to use that big butt and actually move dudes around because I think these guys, Anthony Davis and LeBron, they're scared of getting hurt again. They really are. And I think if you, you can use their bodies to get in the way of those, you know, inside the paint the, on the defensive end, you're going to box out better and also get in their heads a little bit. Foul them up, rough them up a little bit. That's going to go into game two. Game two, it's like if you're looking at game one, the Lakers didn't miss a lot of shots, right? They missed a lot of shots that were wide open, so that's kind of scary. Towards the end, I kind of thought they would get those shots to go down, but they didn't. But you know what? In game two, if they're more physical, even though this was a physical game, below 100 points, get even more physical. Use more of those fouls if you can, if you're coming off the bench. That's what I'm looking for, dude, just to get those guys more roughed up. I, I agree. I think uh, I think What's it's so very funny? much. What happened? There, there's, apparently the MVP is the girl dancing <laughs> right now. Is there hey, someone dancing? Our, our smooth baller of the game is apparently over <laughs> my left shoulder on the, in the broadcast, uh, according story. to the chat. <laughs> John, I'm what all your, serious over here. Is there some butt cheeks? John, what is your uh, what is your key to game two? And I think it's a different oh. camera angle for me. Yeah. Is my key for game two? Uh, you know what? Uh, that's that's just too funny. Um, it's it's interesting because both Saul and Matthew bring up points uh, that I think I don't know if I necessarily agree with. You know, uh, when I look at Matthew's point about having the ability. Yes, you have your Invisalign and you try to drink water and it just dribbled all over. I was trying to play it off like I spit it out from laughing, but it's this, just the Invisalign. This is what happens when Invisalign comes into play. Yeah, this, but I do drool. I do this drool. is going about as, yeah, as good as I you can drool. expect right now. He's a, he's, a, he's a natural drooler. We got Dan Marley just walked in. We got Dan, Dan Marley. Dan Marley right there, bro. <laughs> he didn't show us any flesh. So. Nah. Hit that. Hit that. <laughs> So well, when I when I look at game two, you know, Matthew's saying use more of those fouls. I don't agree. I don't like them on the free throw line. We already got, you know, outshot at the line 
by the Lakers tonight by what 16? It was uh, 12 for the Suns and 28 for the Lakers. When I look at rebounding, the Suns out rebounded the uh, the Lakers by 14 tonight, 47 to 33. So I think that you follow the same game plan relative to team rebounding and doing what you can to try to keep them off the line. But you're going to need more uh, uh, contributing play from your role players. That's what it is. Devin Booker scored 34 points of the the 99 points tonight. Okay, that's 34.2 point percent. Okay, that's a lot for Devin Booker, and and I love to see that, and we love Devin Booker for doing that. He's he is the book that we've waited for when the spotlight's on him, just like in the bubble. You know, he stepped up, he showed up, he showed out. But you're going to need more contributions outside of Devin Booker. Chris Paul, three for eight, seven points on a bum shoulder. Jay Crowder, eight points, 0 for seven from three for Jay Crowder tonight. Okay. Mikael Bridges, only 10 points, uh, four for 12 shooting. Dario Sarch, the four points. We only had 19 points from our bench, five from Campaign, five from Sarch, and 10 from Cam Johnson. And those 10, he had eight at the half. So Devin Booker carried this team to a victory. Let's not make a make any assumptions or, or predictions going into game two that we're going to get the same Devin Booker because they're going to throw even more at him. They're going to try to find ways to take him out of his game, to disrupt him, to be more physical with Devin Booker going into game two. These are facts. This is going to happen. Going into game two, we're going to need more of a team approach. We're going to need Jay Crowder to step up. We're going to need Mikael Bridges to step up. You know, Espo, you always say it. that This team goes as Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson go. Well, they scored 20 combined points, which is 20% of our scoring tonight. We're going to need more from them, knowing that the Lakers are going to throw that punch coming back in game two. But, look, a lot of people are going to say LeBron Listen, don't, didn't... don't say but when that lady's standing behind you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, this is going about the way I expected to do, gentlemen. But, look, yes. look, okay, a lot of people are going to say that uh, that LeBron didn't play well, that, that AD didn't play well. But how much of it was the defensive game plan? I don't think it's fair to, to simply say they didn't play well. I think the Suns played very, very good defense as well, which, uh, you know, so give them credit there. Now, they're not going to play that, that way all series. LeBron and AD will get theirs. But coming out like that in game one, and Jay Crowder did not shoot well. In this game, Jay Crowder was in foul trouble. You didn't even you didn't hit on all cylinders. Cam campaign didn't uh, didn't even play as well as everybody had hoped. And he got thrown out. You know, yeah. CP3's got a bum arm, and campaign's thrown out. We still won like by nine. And you had you had a double a double digit lead for a majority of this game. This is a momentum builder. This is the way that you start to slowly shock the world is by getting a game like this and building your confidence. Inexperience didn't come into play in this game. I think that's the biggest uh, joke of of a of a factor in the playoffs is, oh, well, Devin Booker doesn't have experience. Devin Booker has been playing basketball since he was a kid. The game doesn't change all that much in the playoffs based on the way the Suns' offense has played this year. They, they played... They played a style that was playoff ready all year. True, true. But you've never been in front of a crowd like that before. I'll tell you that much right now. And the environment is what we're talking about. The environment is different. The environment is completely different. The physicality is much different. That's what people are talking about when we're talking about playoff basketball. If we're just talking about hoops, yeah, nothing's different. Everything's the exact same. It's those external factors that really have an impact. Plus, when you're when you're going up against the unknown, too, when the Lakers, you don't know what to expect from them. It's like 
if you play video games, the final boss, when you go into, you don't know what to do. This is like the final boss for the Suns, even though it's the first round. You don't know what to expect from these guys. That is very, very scary. So they handled it right. It's the same thing in game two. You don't know what to expect. So it's going to be the same thing every game, if that made any sense. Well, and also it's a home crowd. Remember that. And, you know, thank you. Thank you to uh, uh, thank you to every Suns solar panel uh, listener and watcher. Thanks to every Suns jamster who's watching us right live right now. You know, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe wherever you're at. We didn't do all the housekeeping notes. Uh, be an elite jamster and all that fun stuff. But thank you to all the fans who showed up tonight. You know, as Dave said, it was nine to one Phoenix tonight. And when you have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, two guys who are entering their first ever playoff game, and they have the backing of the crowd behind them. And their leader, Chris Paul, goes down, and they, that fandom is still right there, letting them know, showing the jerseys, you know, everyone wearing the Valley stuff except me wearing my Suns Jam Session uh, podcast hat. But everybody's there supporting that team. It makes it a lot easier for you to come out, and after you miss a couple shots, you're not getting booed and jeered at by the opposition. You know, so going into game two, it is going to be vital that you don't sell your fucking tickets, okay? Don't do it. Also, also. We, we have made the command decision. We will be here every weekend, by the way, guys. We will be here every weekend for the games, not during the week, but we will be here at Chippecom Chapel. And if you didn't come by today, I'm telling you, it was a great atmosphere. Plus, these guys are giving away these little these little stickers. And Don't you want a sticker? Yeah, that, that's why they're going to come out after this live stream, because of the stickers. That's what it's going to be, I'm sure. Everybody loves stickers. People love Never stickers, know us, Espo. Though. You never know. It's called branding. It's called Did marketing. you show up with stickers? I, I'm saying I think uh, anybody watching at home, there's other reasons that they may show up at the Chupa t- Chupacabra tap room yeah, rather than cheeks. show up apparently. Butt cheeks. Uh, uh, we, we're going going spot on with the analysis there. So so look, I we're we're looking at this. The Suns are up 1-0 right now, right? They, they they now need three more wins in this series to wrap it up. How, I mean, obviously we're feeling good as as Suns fans, but does this change your perspective of anything you felt was gonna was gonna go on in yes. this series? Okay, yes. so so how so? Because of the size, I, you know, I've been saying it. I've been scared. I'm, I'm a typical Suns fan. I'm a pessimist. Okay, I've been dealing with this team for years. It's my condition. Okay. Uh, but going into the series, the number one challenge was going to be the interior and the size. We saw what Andre Drummond is. He's he's like Dario Saric, but you know, bigger and and I wouldn't say as 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 uncoordinated. But he has his very uncoordinated moments. Uh, did he put a couple guys in foul trouble early? Yes, but the Suns and Monty Williams, you know, tip of the hat to them, they adjusted accordingly. Uh, but I think that you know, and and Saul said this after we were all on the podcast after the. Uh, Warriors were defeated by the Lakers, and we understood that the Lakers were going to be our opponent. Saul made the point that the the Warriors gave us the blueprint on how to defeat this team with the team rebounding, uh, with trying to push AD and and LeBron. You know, as long as you can shut them off from any of those drives. I mean, Sarge did that. Sarge, you know, on the one drive that LeBron really was trying to be physical, taken in, Dario Sarge took that charge. And if you follow that, that blueprint moving forward, this team has an opportunity to be successful. So I, I, it changed my, perspe- my perception of how our uh, interior can actually be a strength for us going against this team. The other thing is we're just a better team than the Warriors. And I think that's the thing. It's like the Suns didn't play great. They didn't play phenomenal. The Lakers didn't play phenomenal. And we were still a much better team. We just weren't. And so you're going to get the best punch 
from AD, and you're going to get the best punch from LeBron. But we're also going to get a much better punch from Chris Paul in the future. We're yes, also sir. going to get a much better punch from Cam Johnson in the future. So, And even Campaign. I think Campaign's the one guy that I really want to see step up that had a – he was just kind of out of, out of whack all game. So I think moving forward, there's a lot of bright spots you can take away from game one. Game two is where it's really at because now it's like, you know, the playoffs started and you're ready. And I think you're just going to you're gonna see a good game in game two. I think it's going to be a much closer game in game two. I still think the Suns are going to win. And I, th- I still think that the Suns are the much better team. And this is also why I've been saying this entire time that you wanted to play the Lakers in the first round, not the Western Conference Finals, because they look all sorts out of whack right now. And they're trying to get their chemistry. They're trying to find who's doing what. You can see LeBron pointing to guys and telling them to go here and there. And it's it's just it's all over the place. But once they figure it out, they're gonna be a tough out. They gotta start getting some wins in the bank early on and taking advantage of this team since they're all just combined. Yeah, I agree hold wholeheartedly. And I think what what this game made me feel better about is I had Suns in seven, but now I feel like if it goes to seven, if, if they need to go to seven to win, you could see a game that plays out very much like today because they're going to feed off that crowd in Phoenix. I think it's a huge deal to have that crowd in Phoenix, the way that they can help carry these guys. Unbelievable by them. Uh, question by Dave in the chat. Or David in the chat want to know, was that Armani mode from Booker tonight? Yes, that qualifies as, as Armani mode. That was a... The, the special extra uh, fancy edition there. So Devin Booker definitely going Armani mode. Let's- Jam star of the game. I do this shit to Matthew every podcast. <laughs> I just cut him off with the jam star. Hey, look, is, it, is this the – I think this is the jam star uh, smooth baller of the game brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped. Uh, use the code Flaming Ballers, get 20% off everything that you need and free shipping. So if you want to impress somebody at a bar, you're ready to do so. <laughs> that is, so the jam star uh, smooth baller of the game. Oh God. I'm going to make the executive call. I think it's got to be Devin Booker, right, guys? Devin Booker. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys call him? Uh, Big Dick? Uh, Big, Big Book. Dick Book. All right. Showed up. Showed out. Slanged it out on the court. Today. No way. Hey, hey, Manscaped hey. it all over the place. It was hey. fucking fantastic. Hey, you know, family yeah. show. Okay. No man, yeah. no, it doesn't matter. Not. Did a good job. I, I love that it's a family show from my the guy family, that curses more than anybody. My family uh, is literally sitting over Esco's <laughs> shoulder. And my family, too. The other shoulder. Okay, yeah. so shoulder. family. Everybody. Hey. There you go. Hey. That's my mom. That's my, sister, Shannon, my wife, my wife, Stephanie. Yeah. All right. Did you say your wife? Did you say two wives? Did I just hear two? I thought it was you. His wife and his wife, but it's his sister. It's his sister. It's his sister. What is I'm, going on? I'm very lonely. I'm not on mute. It's a very weird show. So Devin Booker, the jam star, smooth baller of the game, brought to you by Manscaped. He finishes with 34 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. Love you, Book. <laughs> and a That's my Jalen Rose. Love you, Book. Just yell random spit out. And a steal. So I shot 50% from the field. So that is, I think that's a wrap on whatever this first edition of the, of the post-game live show is. Uh, <laughs> Darth, any final thoughts? Yes, you know, thank you again for joining us. Go Suns, yes. baby. Beat LA. 
you know, Tuesday, we are going to, again, do a conjoined live stream, although the audio obviously will be much better, although the visuals might not be as good because there'll be, you know, like my painting behind me. You know, Saul will have his, like, Barkley Jordan thing behind him. And, like, everybody will have, like, their own shit behind him. Matthew will have that, that jersey that he's wearing. Uh, but if you are joining us, you know, first and foremost, thank you. You can follow the Suns Jam. <laughs> You can follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Void. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. Matthew, let's see. Is that it? And, and then Espo, where, they can, where can they follow you? They can follow me at Espo. They can follow the show at Suns Solar Pearl. And you can follow the Carmel Thunder from down under, Mr. Saul Bookman at Saul underscore Bookman. The, the underscore is there because the Saul wanted a better view of what was going on over my left shoulder, and the Bookman was blocking it originally. <laughs> So she just for, walked in. Oh, so for the uh, the jam session guys and the jamsters listening, uh, and for Saul and myself, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back after Tuesday's game two, live talking more Suns basketball. Ahoy, hoy. Love you guys. Puts it up, does it count? It does! Take it down!